Welcome to the Nagoya International School Individuals and Society Student Podcast. In this podcast, you will meet students from NIS as they share their stories, experiences, and ideas about anything that matters, or should matter, to ourselves and our planet. So sit back and learn from INS students from Nagoya International School. And thank you for tuning into the Individuals and Societies podcast at Nagoya International School here in Japan. Uh, today we have a special show for you. We're going to have a very popular young man at our school named Pedro. Uh, he's going to tell us about uh, his study of internal conflicts in, uh, in his grade nine class this past year. Um, but before we get into that uh, unfortunate topic, we're, uh, we're going to have Pedro uh, introduce himself. So Pedro, uh, thanks a lot for being on the show this time. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hello, my name is Pedro, and uh, I'm not usually very good at introducing myself to people, but um, I guess I'm just a guy who, who likes, you know, de- delving in topics such as, as this one and seeing all the, all the little intricacies, the little webs that, that you can find in it. Mm-hmm. That's all you'll need to know about me for this. That's all you need to know. You're a man yeah. of international secrets then. Oh, God, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> okay, well then, then let's jump into it. So... Uh, the, the theme of this uh, unit was internal conflicts, and yes. we looked at the French Revolution as a case study of uh, revolution as an internal conflict, and then we moved on to things like civil war. Um, so why don't you, um, each student had, for the audience, well, some context, each student had um, uh, a country that they had to study, and they had to look at things like the causes and the consequences and the impact and, and the effects of that uh, conflict, among other things. So... Uh, let's start with you giving us a background of, of the country and uh, and the the reasons why there is an internal conflict there. Right. Well, um, the country I chose is the DRC or the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and it's a it's a country in Africa. I believe it's the the biggest country in terms of area, and it it became independent in the sixties uh, after being controlled by Belgium for a very long time, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, the, the most of the, the internal conflict I'm going to talk about, which happened, uh, it's called the, the Congo War, uh, which happened during the 90s and 2000s, really all stems from, from the late 60s and early 70s, where uh, a coup made it that the DRC uh, became a dictatorship for almost 30 years. And that really had the, the seeds of everything. It was um, a military uh, overtake by Moduto, Mobuto Sese Seko, and he renamed the country to Zaire, or um, Zaire. Zaire, <laughs> yeah, that's all right, no, yeah. you got it. You got but yeah, and for a long time, he had a very strict hand on like the economy and who was allowed to make decisions on things. So can yeah. I ask you, when we look back at causes too, because it was a former colony of Belgium, do you, do you think that imperialism and... Uh, and, and that part of the world being colonized had anything to do with this as well, perhaps. Hmm. I'm, I'm leading you a bit, but uh, right. what, what did you learn about colonization and imperialism in Africa? Well, I, I I chose to focus quite a quite a ways more on the actual on the things that happened after the colonialism. But there, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for the Congo, there was a lot of back and forth thing before the independence. Mm-hmm. Like it was uh, first established all the way in like the 13th, 12th century, right? by uh, the Congo Empire, which is where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the Portuguese, the British, the Dutch, and they, they all kind of had a, a hand 
in in its story. And so it took a very long time for it to really get its own identity. Okay. And it's still mm-hmm. trying to do that. Like a lot of different countries um, nowadays, more like developing countries, after being handled in colonialism for so long, they don't really know what to do now mm-hmm. that they've been released. So the government, the people that are running the country now don't have as much experience in terms of yes. governance because it was done by the colonists. Of course. Or mm-hmm. the colonizers, I should say. Um, okay, well, it, it, that's an interesting background. You're, you're making me think of um, uh, the, I guess, the, the course of what happened. Maybe not necessarily the course of the conflict. You've identified where the conflict came from, but, mm-hmm. but what kind of things have happened to the people? Because, you know, war we know is, is, is a terrible thing, and innocent people are, are the ones that have to suffer through it. So what are some of the things that have happened, like some of the consequences for the people in this conflict? Um, so, of course, there there, the, the conflict has been between a lot of rebel groups and the main government. And the, the conflicts have led to an insane amount of displaced uh, persons. Mm. Like, um, I have a source here that says about, like, uh, 4.5 million as of today, all mm. throughout the last, like, 10, 20 years. And it, had also, it has also caused the UN to enter uh, with a, a peacekeeping force trying mm-hmm. to keep the the rebellion at back and, and lower uh, the conflict and there, there have been almost over actually over 20,000 UN personnel um, in the Congo era area and around like Rwanda and uh, Uganda as well 20,000 yes yeah, that's, that's a pretty large and force, it has actually. built up quite quickly when it started into 2000s it was only about a thousand but then, in over the, the next three years, it grew to five thousand, and now it's already you know quadrupled. Mm. So it suggests that the situation is out of control, it, it, right? It is. It is very rapidly. That, that's a lot. Four and a half million internally dis- now. Are they internally over displaced the, or refugees? Are you mean over the course of the whole conflict? Yes, over the course of the whole conflict, um, uh, there's been about four point five million. Uh, in the last ten years, it's been like you know about ten. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really sure off the top of my head, but about ten thousand, up to a hundred thousand. So the situation in that sense is improving a little bit. Yes. Okay. So, mm-hmm. w- what other things? And you know, as as the conflict happened, you know, there there's always like barriers to peace, right? Like mm-hmm. there are the groups, like you said, the UN went in as as a peacekeeping force. Yes. Um, how was the response to that? Like what? So there were efforts to peace, and there were barriers to peace, or or were there? You know. Were the fighting parties embracing of that potential peace? What? How did that play out? So who's who's trying to keep fighting for power and? Right. So um, if we go back to Mobuto Sese Seko, right? He ruled for almost thirty years, and in the in the first like twenty years of his reign, he was he was very strict and he had a very strong pull on the country, but by the late eighties and uh, early nineties. Uh, he kind of loosened his grip a little bit. I have it here, right? Um, in that time, he started to like uh, conduct uh, or induct like prime new prime ministers and people. Some people who actually went against his own views, mm-hmm. like uh, for free market reform, for mm-hmm, example. Mm-hmm. And uh, all throughout the early nineties, he he really loosened his grip. He uh, unbanned a multi party system, and uh, it was actually during a, a medical trip where he, he was taking care of himself that he was overthrown by a, a rebellion which had been uh, been conducted 
over the, the past 10 years, right? So between like the mid 80s and mid 90s, that a rebellion had been slowly invading uh, the south of the Congo, and it was during his medical trip that they were actually able to seize the government, and that's how he lost control. Mm, by stepping into the country to get some kind of operation or treatment. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and so the, the rebellion was always trying to go against Mobutu, and this is where the power went to a man called Laurent Kabila, which okay. uh, in the beginning he was seen as a, as a savior. Yes? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> he was seen as a, as a savior of of the country, right? Because he had taken it from Mobuto. But he, he did something very similar to Mobuto himself. He started, um, he was accused of many anti-human rights actions, like uh, silencing, uh, you know, opinions in, in universities and stuff of that sort. And so it, it really, it went from one dictator to the next, mm-hmm. almost. And that's how another rebel group was started against Kabila. And then yet the extension of the conflict. Yes, of course. Okay. So, so Mobuto and Kabila, you're, you're suggesting they're people to blame yeah. for the conflict. They must have had help, though. I mean, you know, one individual can't do, mm-hmm. can't do that kind of damage on, on their own, right? That's true. Um, let's see. Of course. How, did, how the, did the military play a the, role? How did the government and, and I feel politicians play? The, the military and the... And the poli- I think the main politicians involved were... The, those two and their their cabinets, right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I think there is actually some more to be said from outside countries. Which okay, could have helped for a bit. Um, let's see. In the mid seventies to the mid eighties, uh, Mobuto was limiting uh, like foreign interaction, mm-hmm. and um, he he was mm, like nationalizing certain mm-hmm. industries only mm-hmm. to to Zaire. Mm-hmm. But um, over a few years later, he actually changed his mind, and he started to invite countries back in, but no one actually wanted to, to help Sayer, and that really deteriorated the economic situation. Now, obviously, that was a mistake on Mobuto, but it, it also was you know, a problem from outside countries, like, uh, I believe, France, and then uh, Belgium, of course, um, and uh, Morocco, and... Uh, oh, wait, no, yeah. And uh, Morocco, uh, they they also didn't, you know, didn't contribute to that, and it, it may have led the country to a more deteriorated state. So so is this a situation of where uh, outside countries and you've named you know particularly Western powers, right? Mm-hmm. France, where, Belgium, France, Belgium. So so that they're like extracting, um, you know, rare minerals, for example. Oh yeah. So so. We're, we're going to turn our back on what you're doing as a government and the corruption and mm-hmm. the abuse of human rights as long as we get what we need for our factories and industries and, and you know, for consumer goods and that kind of thing. A little thing. passing is, comment is, here. Okay. Uh, some have said that rebel groups have extended the conflict over the last 10 years so they can uh, drain uh, the, DC, the DRC of its resources, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. so, it, like, it... It's an accusation of using the conflict as like a distraction, mm-hmm. so that you know the precious minerals and and uh, a lot of you know forest land can be um, harvested. Well, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. okay, forest land and minerals, right? The mm-hmm. natural resources that a lot of these countries may have purged 
of their own, well, purge yes. their own resources during the period of industrialization. Yeah, now they need right? someone else's. They need someone else's, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen the film Avatar? <laughs> uh, check it out. It's pretty much that story, right? Once we're done with our planet, we'll go somewhere else. Um, so, <laughs> Meanwhile, in Mars. So as, as we start to kind of wind this down a little bit, um, well, what's your call to action? Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be with regard to Congo, but where these kind of situations are happening in, in several parts of the world, I just... I think I read there are 25 conflicts in the world today. Ten are, are extremely, um, I guess, uh, pressuring to the U.N. Not pressuring, mm-hmm. that's not a term I want, but um, they're considered as a, a major problem for the United Nations. And then there's another 15 that are still ongoing conflicts. What, what do you think the international community should be uh, doing in order to solve these problems? And maybe even what individuals like you and I could be doing. Um. Let's see. When it comes to uh, foreign country, uh, you know, countries outside of uh, the DRC, there's already been a lot of interaction with the neighboring countries. Like I mentioned before, Rwanda and Uganda have had a part in the conflict because some of the rebellions have spread their, you know, their attacks to those regions, and so it has led to kind of a, an interaction between the countries. However, um, you know, Western countries like the ones we've mentioned before. Belgium, you know, France, those who have had a bit of a history with the DRC could, um, you know, I guess they could help with, like, you know, political assistance, mm-hmm. like maybe uh, spreading what what's going on. Like, uh, let's see, there's a little note here. Uh, just the beginning of this year, right, January mm-hmm. 2019, they, a new president was declared or was elected, and... It, it said that this was the first like fair movement of power mm-hmm. in 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 the country since a very long time. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because just ten years ago, when Kabila's son Joseph Kabila was voted on, um, I put in air quotes, uh, democratically, <laughs> air quotes. right? That was considered the the most fair thing for the country in twenty years, and so it's mm-hmm. it's, it's looping itself. Um, so perhaps I, a dynasty is being created, but yeah. this time they, it was actually elected. Right. The citizens uh, believe that it is a, um, you know, a democratic thing, whereas there's always like stuff going on in the background, like this new... Well, it makes you wonder when a family has a dynasty, a political dynasty developing, right? So, Oh, yeah. So like this president, right, it has been said that his votes were rigged. It's not been fully investigated. Mm -hmm. But stuff like that, right, like votes being rigged and Joseph Kabilo, which was uh, Lauren Kabilo's son, uh, has also been said to have some like extensions Mm -hmm. of his... um, uh, what, what do you call it, you know, his, I guess I'll, I'll say rule, right? Yeah, yeah, his power. Yeah. yeah, his power. And so stuff like that could be spread so that people may be more aware of the corruption. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and that's when, like, criminal cases or, or, or war crimes can be taken into account. Sure, sure. Perhaps, like, you know, trade sanctions and that kind of thing, or may- maybe not even sanctions, just, you know, requiring companies to kind of pull out and maybe, you know, get the resources that they need from a place that they can confirm Mm-hmm. Are extracted ethically, yeah, instead of right, you know, uh, harmful extraction during yeah. a war, like yeah, it's, it's it's a huge problem, and and you know that's why we talk about these things in individuals mm-hmm. and societies, right? Right, like you know, There's people like us. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, no, people like us who aren't aren't in a you know in a in a position like like the one in mm-hmm. the DRC, it, we can really gain from finding out about these things because you know not only does it it, it it's that thought that can lead you to more 
new directions in like critical critical thinking. Mm-hmm. But also we can you know contribute ourselves. Like I'm not really sure how an individual like you or I would be able to contribute to this to this topic besides you know spreading the information mm-hmm. awareness, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard. Like I mean, everything that we buy, even now, like you know, our phones, computers. You it's know, all stemmed from that. Well, yeah, they come from the parts come from so many different places. Like, you know, what can we do? You know, like, a, how do we track? You know, where the stuff I use and where and all that. Where does it come from? And mm-hmm. then, and then, what do I do? You know, because some of these things you need for your job and that kind of. Not thing. only that, but if you if you you know chase down the the supply chain, mm-hmm. which which puzzle piece in the chain is is to blame for a particular thing yeah, and and which pieces can we replace you know mm-hmm. which links can you take out and replace with another one so that it's ethically stronger right mm-hmm. um okay we're, we're getting close to time here yeah um i know you're a busy person you have another meeting to go to i hear so oh, yes uh as we like to do we want to give you the last word first we're going to thank people for listening uh we want to thank yes, you thank pedro you. for uh coming in thank you uh hopefully you'll subscribe to the individuals and societies podcast uh, we don't have a really cool name at the time of this recording but hopefully mm-hmm. we will and it's a cool background music you by should uh call it insx oh well, that's kind of a cool <laughs> name maybe we'll have a contest no. we'll see but anyway but yeah, um, wait, wait, we sorry. have the last word for you, Pedro. Yeah. Um, wait, first of all, before my last word, who, who makes your background music? <laughs> uh, that's another thing. We'll talk about that later. We're going to get a, a little contest for students going. Right. But my last word is, uh, like what, what I've said a, a few minutes ago, right? Um, really just try to learn more about things that are not even close to your scope, like things going all around the world. Because when you when you live in, like, in a more developed country, like us here in, in a... In, in Japan, it, it's, you know, it can really blind us almost, going to an environment with so many opportunities like that. And it really helps to look towards less privileged areas or more chaotic areas, more complicated areas. Mm. Right? Oh, a good to way to find put it, more complicated areas. To find out what's going on, right? And what we can learn from those kind of things. Because, you know, not only does it help us in thinking, but it can also help the victims of those problems and it can help the world in just becoming a a safer more aware place really sounds good to me thank you pedro yay goodbye thank you for listening to the nagoya international school individuals and society students podcast we hope you come back again and listen to our perspectives on the world we share you can check out our written and visual work on our individuals and society students blog see you again